Welcome to Here Come the Seagulls, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Britton. And I'm naturally funny, because my life is one big joke. Not me, I'm Alex. This week we're talking about... How, how are we addressing this? Just Star Wars? Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope? Or... Let, let, let's call it Star Wars. Because yeah, originally it was just called that, yeah. Because <clears throat> that's the actual title of the movie. Yeah. Sure. Now, uh, c- clarification. Is this the, the movie about the massive battle between all the Star Trek fans? No, no, no. That was the Star Trek Wars. Wait, is this about the, the massive migration of Star Wars fans? No, that was the Star Wars Trek. Gotcha. Okay. Just clarifying. I believe you're thinking of the People versus George Lucas. <laughs> <coughs> Which, by the way, on a serious note, it's an excellent documentary. You really check is. it out. It's really good. Also, uh, thanks to Futurama for that bit that I just did. Sure. I need to watch and we're all <laughs> Guys, we're all back together again. Yep. You've got all yep. three of us for oh, Star Wars. By the way, real quick, before we actually get into Star Wars, we did not get your grade last week for Logan. Mine? Yes. A plus. A plus. Let's all go. Right. We all got A pluses on that. All right. Is that the first one we've all given an A plus? Yes. Yeah, the huh. closest to be Dark Knight. Or, uh, yeah. Yep. Or Back to the Future. Yep. Yeah. I feel like Logan's a good uh, a good one to ring in the unanimity. All of us feel in the same way. These are just words. So Star Wars. Star Wars. Directed by George Lucas, allegedly, from 1977. Sure. It has a 93%... A critic score and a 96% audience score. Huh. Tyler, what do you think about this masterpiece? <laughs> Best and worst. <laughs> Go. Okay. Um, geez, putting me on the spot here. I, I mean, think... If you can't come up with anything immediately, one of us can take it. Nah, I got this. Put me in, coach. Um, I think <laughs> my best thing... I, I probably have to go with the cast in general. Dang it. I think that <laughs> you put me on the spot. I'm, you didn't. We didn't clarify. You always this. go first. <laughs> no, I don't. Most of the time, I say no. I don't know what I'm doing, and then give it to one of you guys. I tried this time. Um, maybe, I'm thinking, like, maybe I'm thinking of the original episodes. You know, before yeah, we went all, the, the, before we went all special edition and added Britain. <laughs> <laughs> Britain is actually just a special effect. Am I the, um, the extra do-back of this podcast? <laughs> I, I'm the bonus Bantha? No, no, you're the extra Darth Vader yelling, no! <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, the, the cast for this, I think, is extremely important to its overall, like, cultural relevance. Because sure. they're just also They all are their characters. Even though they do other things and, like, they're known for other things, like... Within this movie, they just... I You can't imagine anybody else being able to play that character. Yeah. Cough, cough, Han Solo origin movie coming out. <laughs> Which I actually don't have that much of an issue with. Well, we can... We'll probably spend all sorts of time talking about Star Wars and its cultural oh, yeah. impact and what they're doing with it today um, as we get further down the series. But, yeah. Um, everyone just nails what they need to do so perfectly and delivers... Like, every line is delivered with such a perfect way for it to become a meme basically mm-hmm. and just yeah all, all of that together I think is uh, the part that I appreciate most about this yeah um, I, I went for a long time being like you know Harrison Ford is awesome but like how good is he really like uh-huh. in terms of an acting performance but rewatching this the other night he's very good in this movie 
I definitely had to eat some crow over that one. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, and Mark um, Hamill as well is very yeah. strong. Like, yeah. More so than I think history would have you believe. Yeah. I think they got. I do think they got really lucky with Mark Hamill. Yeah. Because I think now, like, I'm really excited to see how he is in the next in episode eight, uh, eight. Yeah. Because I think he's come a long way. Like just thinking about his time as the Joker. Yeah. Um, on Batman the Animated Series and that sort of stuff. So, uh, my least favorite thing, probably just that it's it's something that I I realized rewatching it, not this last time, but the recently basically um it is very simple the like overall it's very straightforward which is not necessarily a bad thing i mean again the fact that that's my worst thing is a testament to the fact that there's it's really not like a super flawed movie um but it is kind of very straightforward and there there's an element of because and i think just because it was made in the 70s um so i can kind of sympathize with george lucas wanting to fix "Quote unquote," the movies with his special edition stuff, even if he didn't do a good job of that in the slightest. But there's an element of not really being able to show the to to reach the full view, I guess, that George Lucas seems to be going for, as far as like just how big the universe and the world he's imagining is. Sure. Um, it just it feels a little empty sometimes, and it's it's yeah. I all of, I I don't know how to word that exactly but well it, it is amazing how this is not a small movie but compared to the other star wars movies <laughs> it is a small movie yeah. which is something i never thought about until i rewatched it and when i got i, I watched so uh, uh, context for everybody the most recent viewing of these movies for me and alex we saw the original theatrical cut and tyler did the special edition so there you go but mm. i hadn't even realized like how quote unquote small it was in terms of budget and, and production and everything. That said, it looks fantastic. Um, yeah, considering it, we were watching the terrible laser disc transfer, because yeah, exactly. that's the only <laughs> way you can watch the, the theatrical cuts at this point with like the tiny little frame, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean. Is that it's not as expansive. Well, at this, which uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I think the simplicity kind of works to the movie's advantage. Yeah. And and maybe this is just in hindsight with other Star Wars uh, media where it's like... Typically, the more complicated and convoluted it gets with Star Wars, the worse it gets. Yeah. yeah. And we'll get there. But I... I, I it just starts from such a simple place. I, I really yeah. appreciate that. There is there is an element of, of the, uh, the Jaws effect with... Yeah, that Steven Spielberg was limited by how effective <clears throat> the the shark looks and how the effects weren't that great for it, and because of that, he had to get kind of more creative and more, you know, make the movie into more than just kind of like a an effects extravaganza. Yeah, I, I do think is the mother of invention. Yeah, yeah, I think I do think that helped. I I'm glad that he George Lucas didn't have access to the effects. That right. I'm glad he had people to telling him, "Hey, that maybe you should do this." Yeah. yeah, but I also think it it does show his age in that regard. Sure, not definitely. I, I concur. You want to go now? Or sure. Yeah. So it's fun. my I'm gonna say my worst thing is just like I mean, just nitpicks. Like there's there's not an overarching problem I have with this movie. Uh, I feel like the TIE fighter chase at the end runs a, a little long. 
not horribly, but it's a little, it drags a little bit, which again, I think comes back to where we're talking about budget and effects that you see some of the similar shots over and over because there's only so much you can do. So I guess it's that. And then me and Alex were talking about this yesterday. The, the fight between Obi-Wan and Vader is one of those, like the choreography for that fight is not very good. However, mm-hmm. like contextually, you had a David Prowse in the, well, was it David Prowse during the fight or was it somebody else doing the actual sword fighting? I don't know. Okay. My understanding is that he was always in the Darth Vader suit, but... Who's, like, limited by this giant costume. And Alec Guinness, who was not a trained swordsman, to my understanding. And then, no one... There was no pretext. There was no pretense for for what a lightsaber duel should look like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... But the editing is really good. So even that's not, like, a huge problem. Um, Well, plus the the story and the context of of where those characters are supposed to be. Exactly. That's what carries the fight. And those yeah. are something, like I said, that, that, that's how nitpicky I have to get, is that that's, even, like, yeah. again, th- this is a movie that worked so well under its restrictions mm-hmm. that it makes you wish there were more restrictions on future Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'd say my best thing is as a tie between the production design, just in general, the art direction, the sets, the props. It, it's a great-looking movie. Yeah. Um, how inventive it all is. And just how gorgeous, like, the ships look, and the the uh, cantina is gorgeous, and like the the trash compactor. I mean, there's just beautiful sets and beautiful uh, pieces of scenery. Mm-hmm. And so, the time between that and and the moment when Luke is looking at the twin suns, and the music comes up, like, that's it, man. Mm-hmm. That that's Star Wars right there. It's it's that moment. Yep, it's just gorgeous, beautiful. Okay, so my best thing. Since Tyler took away the characters in the cast, sure. Um, I guess I'll just go with John Williams' score. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I know. That's like the the easy go to. And yeah, <laughs> except Four this movies. is not a case where it's a bad movie. So the only thing yeah. we like about it is the score. Yeah, <laughs> like Tyler and I have had to deal yeah. with plenty of times. It's a case where the music isn't really that good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, John Williams. Hey. Obviously. Speaking of bad bad movies, where the music is the best part of the movie. We're, we're going to get to that pretty yeah, really. pretty darn soon here. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, John Williams score, classic. Beautiful. You know, it's nothing nothing else quite like it. Mm-hmm. No, and it's one of those few scores that so many people know so many different themes from it. Yeah. yeah. It's not just like Jaws where everybody knows just that one part of the score. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars, like so many of us know like the Vader March and, and the opening crawl I mean so much of the music is iconic in so many different two so many different people Mm -hmm. now for my worst thing it is also a nitpick Mm -hmm. because that's all I got Um, it's once they escape from the Death Star and Luke's all sad about losing Obi-Wan and then Leia goes to comfort him and he's like I can't believe he's gone and I just want Leia to like slap him on the back of the head and go you know I just lost my entire planet right I feel like (laughs) Uh, yeah, one of these is greater than the other. You know what I'm saying? Le- Leia's whole handling of that is kind of odd. The, there's a and brief that... throwaway line when they get back to the rebel base where she's like, "Yeah, yeah we have, we have no time to mourn. Let's let's get going." Right. Which I mean, to be fair, she's been in the rebellion her whole life. I guess she's yeah. had to deal with loss a lot, but, me- but, but probably not quite that planet. much. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what I was talking about with um, how it feels kind of empty because you you don't really. We don't really see that planet at all. Um, yeah. It's kind of like on it, it, with 
and and Force Awakens is just an entirely different beast that we're going to have to spend a lot of time addressing the way everybody feels about it. But just w- this one particular instance of the when the planet blows up and that, um, or the multiple planets blow up, and we actually see all the planets, like all the or the people on all these different planets that are getting blown yeah. up and all that stuff. Um, the th- this is something I think could have used that a little more because like it it's kind of just oh okay the planet blew up. I assume that's a bad thing. Right. That's, yeah. It, I guess it, I, and I get that feeling a couple different times throughout the movie where it's just kind of like, eh, it doesn't feel... You kind of see through the fact that they don't actually... that Obviously, that isn't real, but, like... Yeah. Suspicion of disbelief gets broken a little bit. Well, and they have, and they have established at that point that it is Leia's home planet, right? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. that's really the only connection we have to that to that world yeah and now we all well plus it's also where obi-wan and luke are trying to get to like that's oh right right right, right. that's their goal right so and it's where jimmy smith lives <laughs> yep so is he the king if his daughter's a princess because he's a senator this is where <laughs> we get into george lucas just coming up with words his name is bail that kind of work maybe bail is a title Oh, <laughs> probably not. There's I, there's probably some like Star Wars nerd in Hawaii who's like, <laughs> no. But his full name like is actually Bail Jimmy Smith Organa. It all goes down to Oahu. They've they've got the Star yes. Wars knowledge down there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the uh, so Star I... Wars database is. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the most interesting place where we can get started here is just discussing George. The, the man himself. Because Brynn and I were discussing it. Like, I was, I was talking about, like... So, she's a princess. Like, all, yeah. and, and, you know, the glasses in it. He, he kind of just throws in a whole bunch of just generic yeah. political titles and terms. Right. And we were wondering, how much of the backstory has he really got figured out at that point? Or is it just like... There's a galactic senate. That sounds good. Oh, there's an emperor who overruns it or, or who runs yeah. everything. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like I, I've just got all these these vague terms in the background. Yeah, but that it doesn't really affect the story all that much. The first time I ever saw George Lucas, I was a small boy, um, and I saw him like doing an interview or something, and I said, "He looks like Chewbacca." Why <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a Wookiee or something like that? So. Yeah, I just remembered that. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, and I think it's interesting to notice like the inconsistencies between this movie and future movies. Which Ooh, is not, don't get me started. Which is not a, a problem with this movie itself, but like, and, and some of it's just a little like the the way lightsabers work, uh, like how uh, in in the cantina when um, Obi Wan cuts off Ponda Baba's arm. Supposedly, later lightsabers cauterize wounds, and this yeah. one's bleeding like a, a sword. But also, when Vader strikes down Obi Wan, he just disappears. Mm-hmm. And I never noticed this in all of my time seeing this movie. But Vader steps on the robe a few times. Yeah, after he, he's just like, well, "Is he?" Uh... And I kind of <laughs> want him to just like back away with his hands up, like nothing, nothing. Like he, he looks at the stormtroopers around him. Guys, you saw that, right? <laughs> Is it? Oh boy! Oh boy! Go Pal- surreal. Go Pal- surreal. Palpy's gonna be mad at me. <laughs> my friend, my friend Palpatine, or my pal friend Patine. Thank you, Riff Tracks, for that joke. Um, 
Yeah, so there's lots of of things where they clearly they, they sort of have these throwaways. Like, oh, you served my father in the Clone War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I knew this, and then later they're like, okay, so they already said Clone Wars. We gotta we gotta figure out what that means. Yeah, yeah. Which again is not a problem. It's just they don't always handle it very well. Yeah, it's more. Well, one person doesn't handle it very well. It's more also, an issue. An issue with the prequels, I would say, that when we get there, where yeah, they don't live up to what we were told originally. Like we we're right. told all these these random fantastical things, and we're like, oh, that sounds really cool. Let's go let's go find out more about that. And then they they a lot of the, the times they end up being very boring and yeah, not at all what we imagined. And like yeah, yeah it's it's that's more where the issue comes in. The Clone Wars. Well, really, we just ha- we just made a bunch of this one New Zealand guy, because <laughs> you know we wanted more of him. <laughs> sure. We said more Kiwis. We didn't mean. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that bugs me is um, how Uncle Owen seems to mm. feel about Anakin. Sure, because he seems to be like, yeah, I warned him not to do all this stuff, and, and this is also what what Obi Wan tells Luke, like, yeah, he warned him not to get involved and all that stuff. And clearly in the prequels, he knew him for five minutes. Right. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, because in this it almost, they play it off as like, oh yeah, your dad was this like, he was a good guy, but he was just this a troublemaker. He was always, you know, getting into roustabout and bites and that, you know, he wasn't like... I also don't believe, given the context of the prequels, that Obi-Wan can say wholeheartedly, he was a good friend. <laughs> yeah. I did. did I also mention he murdered children? <laughs> Also, um... Oh, excuse me. Younglings. Younglings. <laughs> My boss at work said younglings the other day, and I was... I'm still lamenting it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, and like the fact that Obi-Wan calls Darth Vader Darth at one point, which again, like, not a big deal, but that's because at this point, I guess we didn't... Lucas hadn't decided that Darth is a title. Also, yeah. the Sith is never mentioned in the original trilogy. I don't think it's oh mentioned in God, any of them. I think them. you're right. Well, think don't they say something like there's always a master and a pupil? No, no, that's that's Phantom Menace. That's brought up then. Oh, you're right. It's when They referred to the Sith, I guess, just as the dark side of the Force in the, oh, the original trilogy. Wow. Which, the, an, another thing, like, they, there are so many retroactive concepts that just do not line up like that. Yeah. And the, the prophecy <laughs> that Anakin is supposed to bring balance to the Force never brought up in any of these movies. Mm. Which, once again, that's not a problem with these movies. It's a reflection yeah. on the prequels and how they don't match up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I even thought about the Sith thing. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, again, going back to Force Awakens, how a lot of people, I think, are in the, the stance right now of, I'll really, really like Force Awakens if the eighth movie delivers on the promise, and like mm-hmm. the ninth movie deliver on the promise of the seventh. And it, it's kind of the same thing. Where I mean, these movies are good enough on their own. This, yeah. The original trilogy is that it's not that big of a deal but it's still like knowing that he they've got all this this setup for world building that could be really really good um and then knowing where that goes is kind of disappointing to to watch yeah. the originals while you like and then know what that's going to lead to and you're just kind of like oh okay yeah <laughs> so some of it is really a lot of it is upsetting in that way but also some of it is really exciting because i feel like people sort of unanimously feel like star wars is at its best when they take it away from Lucas 
Yes. Because like I had a I had a book. Uh, you give it to the fans. Oh, I had a book when I was growing up that was Tales of the Moss Eisley Cantina. And all of these people you see one picture of in the movie, like the little bat thing that's getting the, the drink off the bar, like, yeah. <laughs> um, and Devil Horns guy, my f- personal favorite Star Wars character, Momon Nadon, the Hammerhead. Um, well, he's my second favorite after uh, Ray, but Hammerhead is, he's my, <laughs> literally, truly, for 20 something years of my life, he has been my favorite Star Wars character. Um, just because the look? Just because the look, man, he's awesome. All right. I think he's a moisture farmer or something. Um, but they wrote all of these stories about each person from the cantina, and like it was really cool. And and it's it's exciting to be like, oh yeah, there was like one shot of a furry dude whose name is Muftak, and sure. then now we have this whole lore for him, which is really exciting. Uh, they did the same thing for the bounty hunters in Empire, which is awesome. Uh, nice. That whole cantina scene is just so much fun. Yep. Figuring Dan. Can I point out more inconsistencies between this and the prequels? I feel like we should save this for the prequels. I feel like we should... Just just one more. I, I got one more. That Figuring right, Dan isn't in the that, prequel? That sh- I agree. No, it shows yeah. that Lucas didn't even bother to watch the original movies when he was writing the scripts for the prequels. Ah. <laughs> because in this, Obi-Wan says, for over a thousand generations, the Jedi were protecting the Old Republic. Hmm. And in, I believe it's Attack of the Clones, Palpatine goes, um, I will not allow this Republic that has stood for a thousand years be split in two. Hmm. So it goes from years to generations or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, you're supposed to, like, yeah. Well, I, I, even like simple little things like that, I'm like, you're, you're, you don't care. Yeah. This is an it, this is an interesting movie to watch in a vacuum because on the this one, movie stands on its own so well. It does. Mm-hmm. I love it for that. Well, on the one hand, this movie feels like the the shore of an ocean where there's so much out there, and because they they have all these lines about oh, but what are the Clone Wars and what the Republic and oh the Jedi and oh there's this whole you get yeah. the idea. But on the other hand, it's a very self contained story. And it's da, 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 which I think is really this is really cool how how this movie works without any of the other movies. Like yep. there's a beginning, yep. a middle, and an end, but at the same time, there's totally room for a sequel because they don't defeat the Empire; they just destroy the Death Star. Um, no, I was I was telling you, literally five seconds after that award ceremony, they've got to be going. Well, the Empire knows where we are, right? <laughs> we should probably start evacuating, like. <laughs> Like right. now, we got Luca's new jacket. Let's go. <laughs> the Star Destroyers <laughs> will be here any minute. <laughs> also, Chewbacca does not do very much in this movie. Nope, never really realized that. Um, he also doesn't get a medal at the end, which is disappointing. Yeah, he wasn't even there at the ending fight. We never see him in the Falcon. We just see. Uh... I mean, he's he's probably in there. True. Also, it's always weird to me that people say Millennium Falcon when it's spelled F A, and we all know what the bird is. I, I think that's just more pe- the people in, in the movie going, well, we don't really know how to say these these yeah, things. Leia like, and Leia. Yeah. Or even, like, Carrie Fisher goes in and out of a British accent, depending on what scene she's in. Some of that, I think, was almost less British and more like uh, New England, like Catherine Hepburn okay. kind of thing. Um, which maybe that's where mm. she's from. I don't know anything about that. Um, it's also amazing to watch this movie and think, at the time, the most famous people in it were Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing. Yep. Who, granted, Alec Guinness is still quite well known, 
Um, but now, like, Harrison Ford is not the most famous person in your movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. God, he's so good in this. It's just sad that Peter Cushing now, he's just being known for, oh, they recreated him in Rogue One. <laughs> like, that's yeah. that's all anyone remembers him for now. Oh, he is quite good in this. He's very good. Like, I wish his character had survived. Yeah, absolutely. He like, does a really good Like, job. I know there, there's a point that, you know, they're like, oh, do you want... They may have found a weakness. Do you want us to prepare the shuttle? Right. He's like, in our moment of triumph, I think you overestimate their chances. I kind of wish he had taken the shuttle just so we could have seen oh, him sure. return later. Yeah, I, I'm really torn between my favorite performance in this movie. I mean, James Earl Jones, like... Yeah. I I think I love Alec Guinness. Sure, sure, just, sure. Just because I love Obi-Wan as a character, and that's a through line even through the, you know, oh, yeah. with the prequels, because Ewan McGregor's great in those. And Ewan McGregor, like, clearly did watch the movies and yes. studied and tried to figure out how to be Alec Guinness. And, like, he, he is a near-perfect match mm. for him, mm. for his younger self. Uh, I, I, yeah. I am. Um, I also, maybe the funniest part of this whole movie is Harrison Ford's ad-lib, where he's like, we're fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> boring, boring conversation. Anyway. Oh, it's so good. There's so much just witty banter, and clearly it's it's just like a fun romp. Oh yeah. When when they're escaping the Death Star, like I I think that might be my favorite section of the entire movie. And like uh, this is a, a real testament to what they've done with R2. R2 is the sassiest, <laughs> funniest, no nonsense little monster, and he never says anything. But just, like, the way he and 3PO interact is so great. Yeah. Um, and also, I realize this, for a protocol droid, 3PO's very rude. <laughs> he's always like, no, you're terrible. You're the worst thing I've ever met. Master Luke, no, listen to him. He's an idiot. Like, he's always just <laughs> yeah. so... Also, he got an oil bath that was, like, two seconds long. Yep. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Do we want to talk about comparing the theatrical cut with the the special editions? No. <laughs> Okay. I don't remember what was added in the theatrical cut, aside from a do-back and a bantha. The two biggest things that alter the story are obviously, you know, the Greedo situation. Right. Yeah. And then there's an extra scene with the CGI Jabba. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. And it's really repeats, weird and out of place. It repeats yeah. the same exact information we got in the Greedo scene, so why is it there? Yeah. It literally because repeats George the Lucas always it's because George Lucas always really wanted Jabba to be there back when Jabba was a weird dude in like a strange costume, right? Yeah. And then do you know anything about that, Britain? No. There's yeah, originally like, it's it's a guy just wearing like like a fur coat or something. It's really weird. Yeah. Space pimp. And no, there's there is scenes even go so of far it. as because there's a bit in the scene where Han walks around him mm-hmm. and because obviously Jabba's big and he's got the tail behind yeah, him. Yeah. In the special edition, they CGI Harrison Ford walking on top of his tail, and Jabba's like, whoa, like he's he's in pain. That's amazing. And it looks terrible. <laughs> it's Fantastic. so bad. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then Boba Fett shows up at the end of the scene, right? For like two seconds, I think. Yeah, that sounds like Like, right. as all yeah. the bounty hunters and Jabba, they're walking away. Boba Fett's just like, uh-huh. I'm here. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> the thing that I always notice most is, like... The really agree like the Dubak and the uh and when we get to Return of the Jedi, the the weird The weird dance, musical number. Mu- yeah, music scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's And weird. there's some like there's yeah. some like updated laser effects, aren't there? I think so. And then there there's there's a whole bunch of extra just like CGI space shots that look good. Mm-hmm. Like um 
when the Millennium Falcon's taking off out of Mos Eisley, there's an actual like CGI shot of it of it taking off, mm-hmm. as opposed to the version that we watched, yeah. where it's just there's a wide shot of it going into space. Right, right. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, and then there's the the famous they advertised this all over the place when they were showing the special editions in theaters. The the wide shot of all the X wings and the Y wings going oh, to the Death Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that that's all computer generated. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I forgot what I was gonna say. I think they actually, um, they even altered the explosions at the end. Hmm. Like, hmm. like I, I... That sounds right. I think, like, when the Death Star explodes, there's, like, almost like a sonic ring that, like, goes out in the middle of it. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's not in the, the one I watched. It's just, like, hmm. it just sparks. I don't know. It kind of bothers me, because... I, I get it. George Lucas is like, well, I want to update it. That way, you know, it feels more modern. Yeah. But at the same time, the CGI dates it horribly. <laughs> Nothing says get to your audience, he, get to your really, modern audience like a ring. He really did update it at the wrong time. Yeah. Is, is part of the problem. Like, if you're going to do that, he, he should have waited, like, 50 years, something like that. Because didn't mm. those were all done in, like, the 90s, right? Early 80s? 90s, yeah. Nin- 97. Okay. Yeah. It, so. it, was, it, was, it was to get people hyped for more Star Wars, and then obviously yeah. he made the prequels yeah. after that. Um, um, but it, yeah, it just, it's... Go ahead. It's that is not the this right is what time. What happens when we're on Skype? Yeah, that is not the right time for CGI yeah. to be done at all. Um, like even if you go back and look at like the original Toy Story, it's starting to date itself a little bit. Like it, it it's starting to look a little odd. Um, you know, that's that's the thing. It's Toy Story because that movie is beautiful. But, yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but I know I know what you mean. Yeah, and yeah, that. <laughs> It was. I think it's just because it was the '90s when it was that time where everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, CGI! We gotta put CGI in everything because we can do yeah. all, make everything look amazing now." And now it just is like, "Oh, oh, oh no, that's not. <laughs> that's not good." George Lucas comes off to me as a crazy man. Yeah. Well, I think he also might have. I, I I think this got more popular than he ever expected it to. I mean, yeah. in terms of the special editions, ah. can, can I just explain this? Be, because he tinkers with them with, or he before Disney bought them, of right. course. He was there were multiple releases of the special editions, mm-hmm. and each time he would change things. Mm-hmm. Like I think the newest Blu-ray release, like when R 2s hiding when the Tusken Raiders attack Luke, there's like a huge section of rock that's in front of them, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's CGI'd in. And then once Obi-Wan shows up, and he's like, oh, come out, my little friend. Don't be afraid. Then the rock just disappears. Like, it's just gone. Probably the Jawas took it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice rock. And and even, like, (laughs) wouldn't he want to CGI the blood out when the dude's arm gets cut off? Like, oh, we can can make it look like it's cauterized. That way shoulder blades. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is, I I think it's very superficially oriented is, is what he is looking to do. He's very much looking to to improve this style, and not the content. Because there's a lot of stuff he could have changed in order to fix like inconsistencies, and he doesn't seem to care about that. I think it's a lot more about how does the thing look. Yeah. What what is does it does it match what I am seeing in my mind? Because I mean, Star Wars in and of itself was was at the time fairly revolutionary for effects Mm -hmm. and industrial light and magic, and obviously is something that that Lucas created it. I think yeah, I think it's I think it's his company, yeah. Island, yeah. Um, so obviously, like he's he's had a, a hand in some pretty cool things. It's almost equivalent to James Cameron making the Avatar movies take forever because he keeps trying to increase the technology. Yeah, yeah. Um, Apparently, now he's trying to do 
3D without glasses. So that's different. I don't know how that's going to work in theaters, but that's apparently what yeah. the next Avatar is supposed to do. It's just, it's just going to be holograms. It's all holograms. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Yeah. There's going to be four of them. Give me some reason to watch them. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, he, I just don't understand. Because he is, based on interviews I've heard it w- with him, he is not happy with at least the original Star Wars. He's like, this isn't really the movie that I wanted to make. Yeah. Right. Which... I get it because he's the creator, and this comes with with the big debacle of, you know, once you release your art yeah. to the public, how much of it is, if the public accepts it, how much of it is, okay, the art is now theirs. Right, right. Do not tamper with it. And how much of it is, well, he's the creator, so he can do whatever he wants. Well, exactly. I think, exactly. I, I don't see any reason why he can't do whatever he wants with it. I think the issue is the fact that it's, like, become impossible to get the originals. Yeah, that's I think where it's like okay, you're now you've drawn you've crossed a whole other line that that goes way away from the whole oh well, d- does he have the ability to mess with his art to something completely like like any other art form? I mean, even actual art, at least someone can take a picture. They can, you know, have something where they can see okay, what did the original thing look like? if the artist ever wanted to change it or something like that. This is very much a thing where it's like, I don't know. It's ridiculous to me to try to, like, get rid of something that people love because you want to change it, as opposed to just creating a changed version and saying, hey, this is what I actually wanted to make. And then the people can say, oh, well, we have this thing and we have this thing. just comes off to me as a guy who doesn't really respect his fans. Yeah. I think that's just... That's kind of where I fall on it. I think he's just more... I, I don't think he understands why people liked the originals, and I think he thinks that he's make, that he was making something people would like more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Phantom Minute, or, like, all the prequels really, like, just... I think they really... It really blindsided him. I don't know. I would love to have a conversation with him. Yeah, and just see like what it, what does he think about everything? Although the whole time he'd probably be like, I don't want to talk about Star Wars anymore. Yeah. I've yeah. talked about that for for most of my life. I'm done. Or talk about American Graffiti, um, <laughs> or uh, Red Red Tails. Yeah, <laughs> oh no, God, not Red Tails. Or or THX one one three eight. There we yeah. go. Uh, I'm looking at the trivia right now. Apparently, Peter Mayhew and David Prowse were both given a choice as to who they wanted to play between Chewbacca and Vader. Yeah. So it could have been flipped. Interesting. And Harrison Ford said of the dialogue, you can type this expletive deleted, but you can't say it. Because wasn't there somebody like really cool or famous that was approached to be Han Solo and they turned it down? Probably. It was like Gene Hackman or somebody. I think it was Gene Hackman. And apparently... Uh, oh, our... Kurt Russell was... He auditioned. That's that's, there's right, footage of him it. auditioning for Han Solo. Yeah, apparently the... Um, oh, God. Kenny Baker has said that often when the casting crew broke for lunch, they would forget that he was in the R2-D2 outfit and leave him behind. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. no. W- when they were shooting in Tunisia for all the, the uh, Tatooine stuff, it was a nightmare. God. Like, half the time, like, he would... Because they'd have a problem trying to keep him in, going in a straight line. Yeah. Half the time, he'd just, like, kind of go off and then he'd fall over. Oh, no. Poor guy. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. No, I, I respect George Lucas... For, for going through all the stress and all all the pain that, that he had to suffer through to get this film made. 
it's just a shame that he ends up like after all that at the end he's just like yeah it's still not what I wanted yeah 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 like as opposed it was, to... it was nominated for best picture like stop yeah. cool your jets okay like I mentioned <laughs> earlier it, that's as opposed to Steven Spielberg with Jaws where I'm pretty sure at least Spielberg is on record saying like oh yeah the the fact that we couldn't just like show we couldn't show the shark as much as we wanted. Like the fact that the shark didn't look as good and we had so many technical issues and everything made the movie better. Like he's, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure he's on record saying that. Well, even and, Spielberg and he, has, he owns up to it. You know, Spielberg has something very similar where he did a special edition for ET where he added in extra CGI, but he made some very bizarre changes. Like I think there's there's the scene where a couple of government agents are supposed to be holding shotguns or something, and he CGI's in walkie talkies instead, which is <laughs> uh-huh. bizarre. But on the DVD release for that, he had both versions yeah. ready, so you could watch either one. Um, I wish is isn't there some, like I, I believe someone online was able to come up with their own like Blu-ray quality versions of yeah. the theatrical cuts. I think yeah, somebody has sure. been able to make this. That sounds right. That's cool. Yeah, um, and apparently R two originally could speak. And he had a fairly foul vocabulary, so they cut all his dialogue out, but they kept 3PO's reactions to it. <laughs> That's great. So, like... That's awesome. I like I like that. That actually works really well. I believe the fact that R2, like, he's making, like, baby sounds, mm. I believe that's all from Ben Burt. Ben Burt is a treasure. Yep. He was also Wally. <laughs> yes, yes, he was. <laughs> hey, well, hey. even, like... Like I remember, there's there's an interview with uh, I think it's either Ben Bird or Anthony Daniels when when they're talking about well George Lucas's original idea for C3PO was that he sounded like a used car salesman, huh? Which is not what we got and does yeah. not match the character at all. And then for the longest time, I think they were going to dub Anthony Daniels with someone else, and they're like, no, he sounds good, just keep it. Yeah, really. Huh. Um, it's it's amazing it? that this movie is as good as it is. No. Like wasn't this... Hun... I was going to say, didn't... with Harrison Ford, wasn't that originally because... Or he got cast because he was like... George Lucas called him in to do... To like help with casting Leia? He, yeah, he was called in to help with auditions because George did not want to cast somebody that he had worked with previously. Yeah, mm. so he wasn't he wasn't going to use him, and then <laughs> yeah, when, and then he when ends up used... being the best one for the part. Yeah, yeah. When <laughs> when they used him for the Leia stuff, he was like, okay, we have to. Yeah, yeah. he's he's a madman, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, and this this movie really works because everybody around him is is bringing their A game, mm-hmm. like. How much of this movie is great because of John Williams, Ben Burt, and then uh, Gary Kurtz, the producer? Sure. Like, it also has a body count of two million two thousand, or two billion two million seven hundred ninety-five thousand one hundred ninety-two. Yep. It, the, there is a lot of murder in these movies for it to be like a, a light-hearted the, kids film. The stormtroopers actually hit a lot in this. A lot of rebels die in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Don't they specifically say have a line where they're like, "That was too easy" or something like that? Yeah. Once they escape the Death Star, Leia's like, "Yeah, they let us go. They're tracking us. Yeah, that, we have to that, get the plans back as soon as possible." The last, last time I saw that, that blew my mind because I was like, "Wait, what?" Because like yeah. that's the whole joke is like, "Oh, they're terrible," but but that was legitimately the point within the script. 
I would That's... say the one part where where it could probably be made fun of the most is in most Eisley once Luke and Obi Wan and all of them get onto the Millennium Falcon and Han's just hanging out getting everything ready to go right. and then like 10 stormtroopers show up and they all start firing and nobody hits him and he's able to kill like a couple of them and then he runs yeah, up yeah, the, yeah. the ramp I don't know I, I do believe that problem gets gets worse as we go yeah sure. but at least in this one there is a throwaway line explaining at least most of that yeah yeah <laughs> At one point, George Lucas had planned the character of Han Solo to be a huge green-sinned monster yeah. with no nose and gills. I recommend everybody read the book. Um, I think it's called How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, hmm. which is pretty much a step-by-step. It goes through everything explaining Star Wars's rise okay. and George Lucas creating it. And he went through so many early drafts of Star Wars and... Yeah. At the very beginning, it is so much different. It, it is so far away from what we have. Uh, Christopher Walken was a candidate. Steve Martin, Bill Murray, Robert England, Stallone, Travolta for Han Solo. Can you imagine? We're I fine. Want, I want, Everything's okay. How are you? I want Stallone I, as Han Solo. <laughs> I want Steve Martin. Are you kidding me? That'd be amazing. The excuse me would work way too well. Bill Murray. De Niro. De Niro turned it down. You imagine De Niro is on solo? I think that'd be pretty good. I think it would work. Just that'd be so different. Oh, we kind of just completely skipped over the the Greedo scene. Do we want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, in the original theatrical cut, Greedo doesn't fire his, his gun. Yeah, and, and in the special edition, he fires, he misses, and they CGI Han Solo's waist to make it look like he's kind of dodging, and yeah, then he, he fires. Yeah, he his head to dodge the thing. No, no, it, it's actually, it moves his waist they, mm. in CGI. And the, the angle from Greedo's gun completely doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. Um, it's and, and with each special edition, they have adjusted it so it goes by much faster with each version <laughs> like it, I believe in the version you watch it's, it's like you look away real quick yeah. and you miss no, it no it's weird it's weird yeah, yeah. and, it, and it, it comes off as one of those things where, where George Lucas is like no I'm right on this I'll change yeah. it slightly for the fans but I am not going back on, on this um do you guys know about the letter George Lucas sent to Lindelof no no <laughs> <laughs> okay so um <laughs> Just remember you're in front of computers, so what, don't hit anything. Was he just like, hey, don't ruin Prometheus? <laughs> <laughs> in 2010. Was he like, hey, the real the real solution is just to always give questions and never give answers for them? Is that... You, you're not far. Okay. That's not... To be fair, that is not George Lucas's problem. <laughs> in 2010, George Lucas sent Damon Lindelof and Carlson Cuse, the executive producers of Lost, a letter congratulating them on the show's end and letting them in on some possibly facetious secrets about his development of the Star Wars movie series. Quote, don't tell anyone, but when Star Wars first came out, I didn't know where it was going either. The trick is to pretend you planned the whole thing out in advance. Throw in some father issues and references to other stories. Let's call them homages, and you've got a series. So he's a liar. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's awesome. George Lucas is very contradictory with... He can't even keep his lie consistent when he's talking about, like, how much of it he had planned ahead of time. 
where I, I believe the the general story is. Oh yeah, I had the I had the original trilogy. It was one big script called the Star Wars. And when I realized, oh hey, this is probably too much for one movie, I split it up into three parts, and I was going to just do the first part, and yeah. hopefully I could do the other ones as sequels. Who knows if that's actually the case? <laughs> probably point, not. I mean, there's so much like George Lucas just baffles me. Like at least like Damon Lindelof or Orsi and Kurtzman or Michael Bay. Or Zack Snyder to a certain extent. I get what they're going for. Yeah. Like, I understand their methodology and what get, what leads them to that con- those right, conclusions right. that they're going for. With George Lucas, I'm just like, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, he is the ultimate mystery box. <laughs> Peter Cushing has said, I've often wondered what a grand moth was. <laughs> it, it sounds like something that flew out of a cupboard. <laughs> Oh my goodness! It's beautiful. There's a great. I'm not going to say the joke because it's probably it's probably not PG enough for our podcast. But um, <laughs> there there's a great musical um, parody musical made by the same guys who made a very Potter musical, and um, mm. that's the biggest one they've done. But they made, it's a musical. It's called Annie, and it's about like Darth Vader. Um, I forget when. I think it's supposed to be right before the fourth one. I don't know, but it's it's. It's great. It's wonderful, and and they make jokes about that and stuff. Um, I would highly recommend it. There's a bit over, where over some of the other movies. Jar Jar setting up a rope to hang himself. There's oh, a yeah. scene. Oh, in, in... <laughs> That's how they introduce him. In... <laughs> Apparently, Brian De Palma, the great great filmmaker, saw the the writing for the crawl mm-hmm. at the beginning, and he was like, "George, you're out of your mind." <laughs> Let me sit down and write this for you. No, and that, that's just so bizarre. Like, all the adversity he had to face. Like, everybody at every point in the production was saying, this is a bad idea. Yeah. And, like, when they had the first cut of the movie, it was a disaster. And then you bring on a couple of editors, mm-hmm. and they're able to get an Oscar for best editing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this is... I know everybody says this, but it is a movie that is saved in editing. Oh, completely. Yeah, but mean, it's just amazing that they had all the footage to make it a coherent piece. Yeah, you know, well, because it probably helps that there was so much weirdness around it because they filmed so many different ideas and and yeah, giraffes they kind and of mix and match and yeah. piece together what they needed. Yeah, yeah, it won Oscars for art direction, costume design, sound, film editing, visual effects, original score, and it got a special achievement award for for Ben Burt. There you go. And then wow. it was nominated for picture for Alec Guinness, and then writing and directing. Wow. Yeah, it was a huge movie um, huh. with the Oscars, which is not too shabby. Every movie since has been nominated. Like, I think all the Star Wars movies have been nominated for something. Yeah. If only just like visual effects, mm-hmm. but that obviously has gotten like these huge nominations, and that hasn't been hmm. repeated since. Yeah. Not not that that's a reflection on the merit of these other movies necessarily, mm-hmm. like Empire, but. Does anybody else find it interesting that that Luke, like at the end, they don't have like a climactic lightsaber fight between him and Vader I like that. in this movie? Makes a lot more sense when you in this story. That yeah, he wouldn't. Like I'm just yeah. imagining if if a if this script was made today, I feel like you'd have right. the Hollywood executives going, "Well, you need him to have the one on one with Vader. Why yeah. is Obi Wan fighting him?" Right. Yeah. Even though it makes so much more sense for yeah. Obi Wan to do that. Yeah. And, yeah. Luke is not trained, which then sets up that all that great stuff with yeah. Yoda. And- I, I I just think it's great that it's restrained in that regard. Yes, yes, yes and it's yes. just like no, no, no. We'll just have we'll have him blow up the Death Star. That's fine. That's all we need him to do at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Oh, that's so great. Yeah, because it's it, it really drives home the point of like, wow, Luke is the best pilot ever, and they actually utilize that. Yeah, which is so much better than oh, he's such a great pilot, but we're just gonna have him be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Can I just say my favorite moment in the whole movie is when Darth Vader's about to shoot Luke down, and then the Millennium Falcon comes in and shoots one of one of the other Tie Fighters, and Vader just turns and he's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, as, as Vader is incredibly intimidating, but he looks kind of silly in his little pilot cockpit because <laughs> yeah. he's so huge. He's just like, well, it's just weird. Like in this one, he's just like the hired muscle that's got a little backstory yeah. with Obi Wan. Yeah, he's not the end all be all of this universe, right? Which, but then he became this pop culture I, icon. Yeah, I'm really I mean, curious. I'm oh, sorry. Continue. I was just gonna say. Well, even even like n- not. Including like the prophecy and all that stuff, but he does end up being a huge component in the sequels. Oh yeah. Um. But I, I find that interesting that he's just like, I don't know. I, I would say Grand Moff Tarkin's as much a, like an on yeah, an yeah, yeah. equal footing as the bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. As Darth Vader. Yeah. Vader's is the more iconic. Uh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. I just, it, I'm curious. I don't know. I. Like that letter you just read, it really. I really do wonder if he actually planned that from the fourth one, right? The the Vader twist, the father twist. I'm curious if that was already going to happen, or if he was just like, uh, "Here's some world building, and oh, hey, here's a thing we can do that'll kind of come out of nowhere, but it'll be fun and it'll blow people's minds." And honestly, that's a phenomenal twist. Yeah, <laughs> it is such a good twist. It's such a cliche twist now because yes. it started that, but right. like, yeah. I, I don't think he had it planned. That's that's the feeling I get. I can't remember how it's explained in the book, the how Star Wars conquered the universe. I don't remember if that's actually discussed very much, or if there's a definitive answer on that. Yeah. But it feels like it's all based in Alec Guinness's performance on how much he's hesitating before he tarts, or starts telling Luke information about his father. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like that whole twist is built from that performance. Because it is all very vague, like the thing, the way he's like, yes, I knew your father and I know Vader, but I just know them from places. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, because like he and Vader are both, like he's the evil Jedi, he's the good Jedi, or like, yeah, they would have known each other at some point. Yeah. Um, and then he's old, so he would know people, I guess is the other reason he would <laughs> sure. know Luke's dad. Sure. Um, again, it's a twist that really works, mm-hmm. and we can talk about that more next time, but... um. Does, yeah, do they no. so? Is it be? And I guess we'll we should talk about this after. Yeah, never mind. I'll I'll come back to my questions. Okay. I have a lot of questions about how he developed that twist and and followed through on it. But we'll we'll okay. We'll come back to it when it's actually relevant. Um. <laughs> also, it's weird when R two's like, "Yeah, I'm Obi Wan's droid. Like he owns me." Right. And then Obi Wan's like. I don't seem to remember owning a droid. <laughs> and then you watch the prequels and you're like, yeah, I don't remember I don't it either. Do, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how would he not recognize them when they spent a lot of time together? Yeah. Like, he sees C-3PO and he's like, huh, weren't you just hanging out with Padme all of episode three? <laughs> when I, Whenever I had visited her apartment to check up on her, you were always there. Check weren't up. You, Quote unquote. Weren't you, weren't you built by the worst person in the world? <laughs> I'm still convinced that you can make a good prequel uh, trilogy based around the idea that creating a second twist where 
you'd have to do it would be so hard and you would probably infuriate everybody if, if you didn't walk the line perfectly but where the twist is that obi-wan is actually luke's father and that like <laughs> yeah i i'm convinced you could do, i've had that idea for a while where i'm because there there's a um there's a great book series called aragon um mm-hmm. the inherited cycle sure. um and it 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 copies a lot of the same ideas from Star Wars as far as character relationships go, and there's something kind of like that that works really well in it. And I, I feel like it. I don't know. I, I I wish they would try the prequel to do the prequels and just again and just completely like do ridiculous stuff like that to try and capture the magic of the originals. Right. Well, that's that's the weird thing about the prequels because you know as as many weird things that happen in it. Yeah. It's very straightforward once you get to the end of it. And you're like, okay, directly leads into. The prequel, or yeah. not the prequels, the original trilogy. Yeah. There's not, like, a new twist where it's like, oh, we learned something that completely changes our perspective on yeah. on the original trilogy. Yeah. I feel like something like that would, would make the prequels more worthwhile than they are. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Force? Your? Ah! Ugh. Yeah, uh, Obi-Wan <laughs> never says, may the Force be with you in this movie. What? Obi-Wan never says may the force be with you. Han does. Mm-hmm. And so does the old rebel officer yeah. who's explaining the mission. The guy who... So was that who Barristan Selmy played in Rogue One? I believe so. Yay! I love uh, Barristan Selmy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because when I was watching Rogue One, I was like, hey, Barristan Selmy. I don't know why you're in this movie, but now I get why you're in that movie. I do find it amusing that Mon Mothma's not in this, but she's in Rogue One, and then she's in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> eh. Eh. It's fine. Where's Jimmy Smith's? Oh, wait, he blowed up. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> I love Jimmy Smith. He's so good on Dexter. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? I feel like I could go on about George Lucas being a crazy man, and I, I don't know what to I make think of him we're going to re- I think if we go on too much, we're going to end up reiterating everything throughout like every other episode. So I feel oh, like we should, say, we should hold off and just kind of continually bring up random thoughts about because I, I do want to at some point go into just, just an in-depth discussion about how people... This is probably more fit for, like, the seventh movie or the or Rogue One, but how people react to Star Wars now and, like, right. nobody really knows how to, like, go about watching new Star Wars movies. I don't know. It's 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 a whole mess. We'll, we'll get into that, but... Also, um, the Cantina Band plays two different songs. I feel like everyone always talks about them as if yeah. they only play the one song. They play two different ones. So, wake up, sheeple. <laughs> so great. Figurin, Figurin Dan is an auteur. He would not repeat himself. <laughs> he can go about his business. <laughs> you can go about your business. Also, I love that um, No, there's no water. Uh, because like they're drinking blue milk and then they're just drinking like sulfur or whatever in the cantina. Yep. I just love the shot of the little bat thing. Like <laughs> Also the jaw is making my favorite sound. Squeaky <laughs> Alright. I love sure. it. It's, that was um on I had the uh Star Wars like Super Nintendo games. And every time you killed the Jawa, it would go <laughs> and like fly off the screen. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> they would be shooting at you, like swiping with their lightsaber. Incredible exploding Jawas. Yeah, pretty much. 
So as far as, as grades go, I feel like we need to preface and say that we are... Well, I don't know. We're trying to grade this objectively, right? Because... Yes. I feel like it would be really easy to not give this, like, an A++, and then everyone be like, Why? It's Star Wars! Which, again, kind of ties into my thing about how no one yeah. understands how to critically think about Star Wars anymore, no matter right. what era it comes from. Um, I... I don't know. I, I think we, we're we at the point where we can separate it from the cultural phenomenon that it is and actually, yeah. like, give it a grade that we feel is... What would You have a thought? I'm not sure I can. <laughs> well, that's fine. I, I'm, Watch, I, I, watching this movie, this this last go-around, I'm like, this is this is near perfect for me. Okay. Like, you, you do, I'm just trying to address and say, like, we're not... We're probably not all gonna be, like, gonna agree. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot to think about. It's a complex issue. Yeah. I don't. I can, can I just go ahead and say this is my favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I know the easy go to is is Empire Strikes Back, but and you were saying your worst thing was just how simple it is. Mm-hmm. I think the simplicity and just the standalone nature of it, it that that yeah. feeds into why I like it so much. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, it's my favorite. Nothing wrong with that. Like, whenever I'm considering, well, I feel like watching a Star Wars movie, this is almost always the one I go to. And there is no shame in that. Even though I recognize Empire Strikes Back, we'll get to it, of course, but it is infinitely more complex, and there's a lot more things going on. Yeah. Do you want to give your grade? Uh, You guys go first. I'm not sure where I'm falling yet. (laughs) Britton, do you you have a sure idea? Uh, I think I'm just going to go flat A. Okay. Because I think that even aside from the cultural, the cultural phenomenon and my own affection for it is pretty strong. But like, actually, exactly, right? It's hard because I think yeah. also a lot of my affection for it is based on Star Wars as an entire entity. You know, exactly. As, yeah, like yeah, four, yeah. five, and four, five, and six together to me are one thing. Yeah, um, it's kind of like grading the Lord of the Rings movies, where it's just like, yeah. can I just grade them all together as one big whole? And that makes more sense since they were filmed together. Yeah, and all that was intended, and this is a little more chaotic. But this somehow works together as a very cohesive trilogy, right? For the most part, bring me down to A minus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But... I still, I don't, I don't feel bad about that. I still feel fine giving yeah. this a high grade. I also don't think as much about grades as y'all. But I, I do think that um, I, I think I'll still feel okay about that later. I just I just I want somewhere to go up from because I know this is not my favorite Star Wars movie. But same, I really like same. It. Yeah, I want to be able to go up, and I just I don't feel I feel like giving it a B. Is it's Attack of the Clones, right? That's your yeah, favorite, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's the Clone Wars animated movie. That's that's my favorite. The animated series is pretty slick, though. Once again, I'm going to reiterate: we are not reviewing that. It's anything <laughs> not that involves not? General Grievous. <laughs> Anything with Kit Fisto, Joel Schumacher's <laughs> oh, favorite I, I, character. I need to return your birthday present. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, I actually am going to say the exact same grade for the exact same reasoning because I, I do. I, I guess I shouldn't give away what my favorite is for the yes, uh, suspense I, and all that. But um, I do think I do want to give myself some room, and I hope it'll last. I do think this has aged a little bit beyond yeah. staying back. Also, I'm sorry. I know that's the same. That's the same grade I gave to the Wolverine. I should have given that movie a B plus. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. You have your the Wolverines. I have my Amazing Spider Mans. It's all fine. I also feel. I think I gave Skyfall an A minus two, and I feel like looking back on, it, I probably should have taken that down to a B plus two. Mm. 
So I was right. I think ultimately you have the right of it where I should have gone the other way with Casino Royale A minus. In fact, all these months you've, you've, yeah! you've over by saying nothing at all. Um, you gushed all right! <laughs> but that's okay. We make mistakes. It's fine. That's how we learn. I think we're just going to go for the things we don't. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, because my thinking is if I watch Empire Strikes Back again, yeah. there's a good chance it could go to A. Sure. Yeah. If I when I watch it again, there's a good chance of that. So I don't know, like Star Wars. I don't know. A, a just feels safe for me. Yeah. Because yeah. like, like I said, it's my favorite. Couple of minor flaws. Sure. But I, I, I'm curious how Empire is going to mm-hmm. shake out when oh, yeah. you watch that. Yeah. But yeah, I I enjoy this one quite a bit. I need to hunt down those those uh, the 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 guy whoever. Made the Blu-ray quality uh, theatrical I'm, editions. I'm pretty sure that's out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure someone people have also made a bunch of different cuts of the prequels to make them more. Oh yeah, I think so. The Phantom Edit, which is like 90 minutes long. Didn't Topher Grace do one or something? <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Yeah, that's great. Topher. Good old Topher. Topher sounds like the dwarf that wasn't allowed to go hang out with Bilbo. Philly, <laughs> Killy, Biffa, Bofa, Bomba, Topher, Goat, Topher, you're not allowed. Sorry. Do you know the names of all the dwarves from The Hobbit? A lot of them. What's yeah, I don't know that I can name all, all of them, but I could probably... How many are there? Nine, Thir- right? No, there's 13? more than that. 13? 13? 12 or 13 is what I want to say. I want to say 12, because I think Bilbo makes 13. Okay. Biffer, Bofer, Unless it's Bomber, 11, and then Gandalf. Philly, Killy, no. Owen, Glowin. Um, What's the main dwarf? Thorin, Oakenshield. Thorin, yeah. What's... uh? Uh, Gimli. Oh yeah, I said Owen and Glowin. Yeah, I've got eight: Biffer, Beaufort, Bomber, Philly, Killy, Owen, Glowin, Thorn, Oakenshield. Okay, I got eight. <laughs> I think we're I missing the rest. Stuff, I'm not sure. I know we are. I'm gonna look it up right now because I don't know if we're, when we're gonna do those movies. Hopefully, never. The Hobbit Dwarf. Sorry, I'm typing this into I, my Amico, my Coleco Vision. I think we need to uh, start the Lord of the Rings series and match it up right when a time that a bunch of movies we need to review come out so that uh, we, we do the Lord of the Rings movies and then we just start doing all these one-off movies and then we just kind of forget about the Hobbit oh jeez oh yeah we got it okay it's I forgot uh, Dwaylin yep. Balin or Balin uh, Dory Nori and Ori ah okay so it's Dwalin Balin Killy Philly Dory Nori Ori Owen Glowin Biffer Bofer Bomber and Thorin can I just say I think I'd rather do an episode on yeah good job it's also weird that it's <laughs> Because Dwalin sounds silly, but it's supposed to rhyme. I know it's Balin because in Fellowship, he goes, this is my cousin Balin's tomb. Yeah. It's weird. Can I just say, I feel like I'd rather do an episode on Transformers The Last Night than The Hobbit movies at this point. <laughs> we are going to do Lord of the Rings, though. Because I, because I have not seen Transformers 5, so it'll be a new, fun, exciting experience as opposed to the Hobbit movies, where the whole time will be like, I know what happens. Yeah, Please stop. But we are doing Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. Because we have to. Well, I, I I still think we should do the Hobbits to a certain extent and maybe just do it as one episode. Yeah. We'll do a one-off episode. Uh, we'll, it'll be the Hobbit and also Treasure Buddies. That'll be the next holiday special. J- just rip off the Band-Aid. Just go Which ahead holiday? and get all this crap hey, you know, that I don't want to do That's, out of the Fourth way. of July is right around the corner. <laughs> you know, it, it's right there. I think... <laughs> Let's do it. 
We'll find, like, a Thanksgiving episode of Power Rangers, and we'll do The Hobbit in the same episode, but we'll just be like, I remember The Hobbit when the, when the rivers and the barrels, yeah, that was kind of cool. Okay, so Billy is fighting the fish. <laughs> that might be the episode I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay out of. I'll let you two handle it. <laughs> I'm just saying, the holiday episode is one of our best. Pretty good. If you say so. I do. All right, everybody. I, I think I think we're done here. Yep. Uh, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTsequels. You can find us uh, through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes, of course, at herecomethesequels. Star Wars is great. Join us Pretty next good. time. Watch Here Comes the Empire Striking Back. Watch the original movies. Play more games. Stay rogue, everybody. Sorry, Sorry about, about that. that.